God gives us, give us um, man, just fresh ears and fresh eyes and an open heart to hear your words this morning. To be challenged with a message that um, maybe we've even heard before, but, it, but let us just, just like um, fresh water, just, just let it seep into our souls and our heart so that we, Lord, can start moving into a life that is alive. Today, Lord, don't let us put off till tomorrow. Don't let us put off for another week or another year or another 10 years. Help us to only focus on today, this moment right now. Today, Lord, your invitation is that we can be with you in paradise. Today starts eternity. Lord, it's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. When we sign up for things, and especially if we pay money to sign up, we expect the privileges to begin immediately. And what I mean by that is this, that there might be um, something on a streaming service, right? Let, let's say you're, you're, you haven't subscribed to, to Disney+, Plus, but man, there's a new show coming on, or there's a new movie coming on, and you're like, man, I really want to see that. So you go online, and, and you sign up, and you do your subscription. You want to immediately be able to pull out your phone, or go to your TV, or your laptop, and fire up Disney+, Plus and watch that show. But what if you paid your money, you signed up, you go to cut it on, and the message says, thanks for joining, come back in six months. Right? We, we wouldn't want that. That is not something that we would do. Or what if all of a sudden you decided, you know what, I got I to gotta lose to COVID-50, right? I mean, that's just me, 50. Maybe for you it's five. But you know, like, like I need to lose this COVID weight, right? So I'm going to go join a gym. So you go to whatever gym, Planet Fitness, wherever it is that you want to go join, and you walk up, you fill out all the paperwork, you put down your registration fee, and they're like, man, thank you so much for joining. These are all the machines you're going to be working out on. Come back in six months, and we'll let you join. We'll let you start working out. You'd be like, I don't want to work out in six months. Like, in six months, I can tell you I'm not going to want to work out. Like, I want to work out right now, right? Or maybe it's some type of a discount program. Uh, our family, um, we like to travel a lot. And, and, and for us, we like to try to be as frugal as possible when we travel. And so we'll fly a lot of times, Frontier Airlines. And granted, we have to sit on milk crates, but you know, it's cheap, and, and, and it takes us places. And so I'll never forget the very first time we were going to fly a couple years ago, you know, we were, we, we were going to go to Colorado, and they had a direct flight from like Charlotte to Denver. And I went on Frontier, and I, and I saw it. It was like, you know, $700 for the five of us to fly round trip. You know, it's insane. But if you paid $50 a year and joined this little program they have called the DIN or something, I don't know what it's called, but it would save us even more money. So I looked at it, I'm like, holy cow, if we just pay 50, then this flight is not going to cost 700, it actually costs $500 for our entire family of five to fly round trip. I mean, that's crazy. And so I paid that money. What if then I went to go purchase my tickets and they said, hey, thanks a lot for signing up but you've got to wait six months before you can actually take advantage of this. I'd have felt robbed and cheated. Like, I'm not going to be flying in six months. I'm flying, like, next week. Like, I want my tickets now. I want my discount now. If we wouldn't stand for a streaming service to make us wait 
before we could like get involved and watch what we wanted to watch. If, if we wouldn't stand for a gym making us wait before we could start utilizing the workout machines, if we wouldn't stand for some type of discount program that we're paying into or buying into before we can take advantage of that, why on earth do we wait until we die to experience eternity? Why? Because if you believe the scriptures, if you believe truly what happened on those crosses, if you believe that that thief really turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, you know, when you go to your kingdom, will you remember me? And Jesus looked at him and said, today you will be with me in paradise. Not because he knew that that guy only had a few hours left to live or a few minutes or whatever it was. It's because eternity started right then for that guy. He could have got off that cross and lived another 20 years. That's 20 years into eternity. The minute we say that we're followers of Jesus, the minute that we take all our chips and we push them to the middle of the table and we say, Jesus, I'm all in, that is the beginning of eternity. Not when we die. Because when we believe that eternity begins when we die, then that makes the rest of our life on earth a living hell at times. Because life is hard. People get sick. People die. We lose jobs. There's unexpected bills. There's just stress and depression and anxiety and all these things. And so it's like as Christians, it's like we're just like trying just to survive until we die. And then we can experience Jesus. No. Jesus is saying, you signed up today. Like right now. You can take advantage of it right now. But we choose not to. I was having this conversation with someone just a couple of weeks ago about this mindset that we have about eternity and Jesus. And we both came to the conclusion of this. Saying yes to Jesus and deciding that you want to be a follower of Jesus, that you're giving your life to Christ, is like purchasing a luxury car. It has all the bells and whistles. You think of the nicest, most expensive car that and if you had unlimited money, you would go out and buy today. Your dream car right? Think about that car. Think about all the options you would have on that thing. You know, maybe it's like self-backing. Maybe it's like, you know, the heated seats and, and, and air-cooled seats and, and I, you know, uh, crash detection and crash braking. I mean, all these things. You just, it's, it's endless. You know, all the things that we can get on a car now, it seems like. Think about that. You go out and you purchase your luxury car. That happens when we accept Jesus, Jesus says, the moment that you allow me into your life, the minute that you say yes to me, I'm giving you all of these luxuries. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what we need, right? Those are like the nine greatest luxuries of life. And he's saying, here, take it. Now, if you went out and bought the car of your dreams and you bought this luxury car, what would you do with it? And if it was me, I'd be driving it around. I'd be going and seeing people that I hadn't seen in a long time, right? Like, look at me now, right? Like, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be driving around all my friends. I'd be doing all this stuff. You know, I'd be like showing it off. Like, look at what it can do. Look at this beautiful car. Look at all these features. But you know what we do? Thinking that our faith is like that luxury car, we take it home and we park it in the garage. And then we get in our beater, right? Right? Y'all know what a beater is? 
It's like that thing that kind of you're, you're, you're happy if it gets from your house to the grocery store kind of thing, right? And when you turn the ignition, you pray like, please crank, you know? Like it's that beater of a car. It's like the moment we say yes to Christ, we get this luxury car and we take it home and we park our spirituality in a garage and we go right back to the way we've been living. And we drive around in this beater and life beats us up. And we lose our cool, we lose our patience, we get angry, we don't love somebody, we hate them. I mean, just, just we, we feel depressed, anxiety, you know, stressed, worry, everything that comes with this car, right? Everything that encompasses that beater. Nothing about it is luxury. Everything about it is a burden. God gives us this luxury life of saying, you've said yes to me. You can start driving this car right now. But we take it home and we park it in the garage and in our minds it's like, well, you know what? I'm going to keep driving this beater for the next 40 years and when I die, then I'll get in my luxury car. But Jesus is telling that thief, no, 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 that's not how it is. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Today, eternity begins. Today. Not tomorrow, not next week, not six months from now. There's no um, amount of Bible studies to go to before you can, you know, enter eternity. There's no amount of church services. There's, there's no worship songs to memorize. Jesus is just saying, today, like right now, I'm giving you this luxury car. Like, don't drive that beater of a life anymore. Like, go, I'm giving this to you. All of this. You don't have to be burdened by life anymore. But here's the thing. Just like we have a choice to follow Jesus, he does not force his love on us. He does not force himself upon us. He is the perfect gentleman. He is there. The invitation is always there. I'm here if you want me to come to you. We have a choice. You know, to use kind of a a Southern Christianese term, we have a choice to ask him into our hearts, right? We have a choice to do that. We, for the most of us, maybe all of us, have made that decision. But there's other choices after that. We have to choose then. Once we want to follow Jesus, once we allow Jesus to come into our life, the next choice is, what are we going to start living for? I mean, he's given me eternity. It starts right this moment. It doesn't start 50 years or 60 years or 100 years from now when I die. It starts right now. What am I going to choose to do with it? Because if we're really honest, for most Christians, we park our faith in a car. We bring it out a couple times a year, you know. We drive it on Easter. We drive it on Christmas. We may pull it out on Mother's Day. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like we bring it out occasionally. Maybe when our beater is, is just falling apart and life is falling apart, we'll go real quick and, and get in the luxury car and just cut it on and just remember, oh man, I've got this coming. No, you have it now. You have the choice right now to experience life over death. You have the choice right now, like the video and the song we sang, you have a choice today to walk out of the grave and into a garden. Why do we settle for the grave? Why do we settle for this beater of a car when Christ has given us a luxury automobile and a garden of life? Why do we settle? This morning, 
I think we have three choices when it comes to our eternity. This is like after you say I do, right? You have a choice, three of them. The first thing for me I think about is we have to choose the now over the when. We have to choose the now over the when. Right now, not when, you know, not, not, not when I graduate, not when I get a job, not when I get a job I like, not when I save enough money or when I settle down, not even when I clean my life up to be able to give it to Jesus. None of those things, because here's a newsflash. When never comes. It never does. Because all we keep doing is we keep putting off our faith or we keep putting off our dreams or the things that God has planted in our lives. We're like, you know what? I'll do that when. And when never comes. And all of a sudden, we've lived 50 years of wins and never for now. Or maybe for some of us, when is stressful because we associate when with something negative. Well, when this happens, I know that, and we start coming up with all these negative ideas and thoughts, and, 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 and we're like um, fortune-telling, right? And we're trying to forecast a future, and our future's always cloudy and stormy and negative because maybe that's what is, our past has been, or maybe that's what we've seen in someone else's life. And so we don't want to move to win. We don't even want to live in the now. It's like we just want to like push it all away. Well, Jesus said this. Again, if you have your scriptures, turn me to the book of Matthew, chapter six. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and your body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the lilies of the, of the field grow? They don't labor or spine. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And that's how God will clothe the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, O of little faith? So do not worry and say, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run over all of these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33 and 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as, for, as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Speaking of Solomon, he wrote in Proverbs this, Proverbs 27.1, he said, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. What Jesus is saying here and what Solomon is saying here is, look, you know what? You don't know what's going to happen when. You don't know what's going to happen a month from now or a year from now or 10 years from now. So don't even worry about it. Focus on what? Today. Jesus said it. Today. Today, eternity begins. Today, you know, paradise begins for you. Don't worry about tomorrow. I'm going to take care of tomorrow. And I'm going to take care of the day after that. Today, right now, is what you should be focused on. 
So we have a choice. When we say yes to Christ and we allow him into our lives, the choice is, are we gonna choose now over when? Because when may never come and when may scare you to death. But right now is the moment that we're living in. Right now is the time that we are alive. The second choice that we have to make is this. We have to choose to focus on what matters. We have to choose, all right? We have to make that decision. We have to make that choice that I am going to focus on what matters. So what matters to you? And to put it in a biblical way, where are your treasures? Like, what is that thing in life that you treasure more than anything? Is it your family? Is it your health? Does your job matter most? Your paycheck, how much you get paid, how much money you have in the bank? Is it your status, how people see you or perceive you? It could be a whole list of things. Matthew, again, Jesus says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus is simply saying what matters most in your life, that's where your heart's gonna be attached. But here's the thing, when our hearts are attached to things of this world, family and friends and jobs and health and, and all these other things, we're setting our heart up to be broken. We just are. I had a friend in high school. Um, we didn't meet until, I don't know, I was maybe a junior and he was a sophomore and we had a class together and we started, we just hit it off. We, we kind of enjoyed the same things. We liked comic books and video games or whatnot. And so we just, we just kind of hit it off and, and we were hanging out a lot. And he'd come over to my house and I'd go over to his house and, and we'd play video games for hours and read comic books and just, we were just really close friends. And for the longest time, I would go over to his house and I would see his dad all the time. His dad was this incredible, really nice man. Always there, always welcoming us, always putting out snacks and drinks. I mean, just made you feel right at home. I never saw his mom. I assumed his mom maybe had split or his mom had passed away. And then one day I asked him about it. I was like, so what happened to your mom? He's like, nothing, she's here. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, she's, she, she's in her bedroom. I was like, okay. I was like, does she like work a lot? You know, is that why I don't see her? He was like, nah. He was like, she doesn't ever leave her bedroom. I thought, well, maybe she was sick. You know, maybe she's hurt. Maybe, maybe you know, she's bedridden. And I said, well, what happened to her? And he's like, well, a couple years ago, my, my grandma died. And my mom loved her mom. And when my grandma died, my mom just couldn't handle it. And so she got real depressed, and now she just stays in her room. She had been in her room, I'm not exaggerating, three years up to that point. I was friends with this guy for maybe another 10 years, right, of going over there. I never met his mom one time. I saw glimpses of her if the door was open. But for the 12 or 13 years that we hung out, his mom never left. Why? Because what mattered most to her was her relationship with her mother. And that's not a bad thing. We should love our parents. We should love our kids. We, sh we should be, we, we should grieve when things happen to them. But at the end of the day, that's, that relationship is something of this world, not of eternity. We'll see them again in eternity. 
We'll be able to, to hug them and love them and experience life with them. But, but on this earth, we are fragile. We will break. We will one day die. But when that becomes our treasure, when that becomes that thing, right? The thing that, that, that we just hold on to. We can't handle it when it's gone. First John chapter 2 says, The world and its desires will pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. I've struggled with that verse, the whole will of God thing. You know, I think all of us do. Like, man, if I just knew God's will for my life, then I'd be really happy. If I just knew where he wanted me, like what job or who to marry or where to move to or or whatever. If I just knew God's will. There were some disciples that were wondering the same thing. And, and at some point, they had a conversation with Jesus. And they said, look, we're gonna, we just assume that God's will is the Ten Commandments, right? So do you tell us, Jesus, which is the most important? Y'all remember this? Jesus said, well, here it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like that, to love your neighbor. The will of God is simply love God, love others. No more, no less. That's it. They're saying, look, if you just love God, if you just love others, if you make that what matters most, if you put your treasures in loving God and making sure that you're loving people the way that God loves you and you love God, everything else is going to fall in place. We're still going to struggle. We're still going to have struggles paying the bills sometimes. And we're still going to get sick. And people we love are still going to get hurt or they're going to pass away. It doesn't take away the grief of this world. This world is broken, okay? Okay. We're still going to experience emotions. God gave us emotions. But our emotions don't have to paralyze us. Our emotions um, derail our lives when everything is focused on one thing on this earth. When what matters most or the treasures of our life is something that's in the scheme of eternity is fleeting. So the first thing we have to make the choice about once we follow Jesus is we have to choose now over when. And the second thing we have to choose is I'm going to choose to, to focus on what matters most. Like what should matter most? Should all these other little things, all the, all the worries of life and all the things that stress me out and all this kind of stuff, should that even worry? No. If you truly believe eternity starts today, then none of that stuff should matter. It's just life. It's just background noise. It's just, it is what it is. Eternity starts today. Eternity starts with life. Right now, today. And I think the third choice we have to make is we have to choose to be free. We have to choose to be free. Free from guilt. Free from shame. Free from fear. Think about how much of your life is dictated by those three things. Guilt, shame, and fear. Probably a lot. Maybe, I'm just guessing here, half your decisions are based on guilt, shame, and fear. Maybe it's more. Maybe it's 75%. Maybe it's 90%. Maybe if you're really honest, 99%. You feel guilt and shame over... um, your past 
or what you perceive to be your past and, and how people look at you and who you hurt and all of these things. And you can't move forward and you refuse to let yourself live because you're like, you know what? I know my past. I know like all the things I did and I feel so guilty about it. And I'm just, I'm full of shame. Like the guilt of my past is causing me to have shame today. And so I can't focus on eternity. I can't focus on living because what if God knows? Guess what? He does know, right? He does know. He knows everything you've ever said, looked at, did. He knows all of those things. You don't think Jesus didn't know that thief on the cross had actually probably stolen, right? Or worse? And Jesus still said, you know what? Today, eternity begins with you. Today, regardless of your past, regardless of your guilt, regardless of your shame, today I give you life and I am setting you free. And he set that thief free. And he can set us free. Or maybe for some of us, we need to be free from fear. This past year, if it's taught us anything, it's taught us that fear comes in many forms. Fear of a pandemic, fear of elections, fear of social unrest. All these things. And if we believe the world, we should be scared of them. Because everything in life is dependent upon those things, right? No. Jesus is saying, if you truly believe me, if you believe right now that eternity for you starts this second today, then yes, things of this world will still go on. There will still be strife and pain and heartache and all of these things. But you will be free from worrying about it. You'll be free from the fear of what may happen because I have you in my hand. One of my absolute favorite verses, maybe my favorite, I'm going to say that, is John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the first half. Jesus is going ahead and letting us know, here's Satan's game plan. He only has three weapons. He's going to try his hardest to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus said this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. Jesus is saying, it doesn't matter. Like in this world, it will be full of death. It will be full of all of these things because the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy wants nothing more that even if you say yes to Jesus, he wants nothing more than to build you the biggest garage in your life so you can park that car there and never use it again. He wants to convince us that when we say yes to Jesus, this relationship, what we have, the luxuries of Christ, the Holy Spirit, that all of that stuff starts when, we, when we're dead. So for right now, we just got to put up with the enemy. Jesus is saying, that's not why I came. The enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. I came so that you would have life and that you would have life to the fullest. How many of you are living your life to the fullest right now? Let's be honest. How many of you can look in the mirror every morning and say, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen today, but yesterday I lived the heck out of my life, right? Like I live today to the fullest. Like, like how many of us do that? None of us. Because we wake up in the morning and we look in the mirror and we're like, oh, another day I got to deal with this problem. What if this happens and this may happen, all these things. And it's like 10 minutes into our day, it's like we're already defeated. 10 minutes in our day, there's no chance of a garden because we're stuck in a grave. 
Jesus came to set us free. He came to give us life and that we may have it abundantly. But man, we are so used to living in the grave. We have conditioned ourselves to live in a desert of life with no growth at all. Um, I said we like to travel and, um, and we love traveling as a family. And most of the time we get to travel collectively as a family, the five of us. And, um, and it's hard sometimes to pick out as they get older, to pick out places that everybody in the family agrees that this is where we want to go, right? So um, for the first time in our family's history, we were not able to do like a family spring break trip. You know, when your kids all start school and you're like, all right, if we're going to take, take a break and go somewhere, during, you know, quickly as a family, you know, before summer, it's going to have to be during spring break because school's out. They don't have to focus on anything. We can go. We usually do that. This year, we couldn't. Josh is in a different school, and his school schedule, is a, it was different than Jacob and Maria's. So his spring break was this past week, the week before Easter. Jacob and Maria's spring break is the week after Easter. Plus, Jacob has, for some crazy reason, two football games this week and practice like nuts, right? So we knew early on, we can't do a family trip. So we said, all right, well, let's, let's figure out what we can do. Josh being the youngest and... Um, and never really having that kind of alone time with, with mom and dad, we said, you know what, let's just take Josh somewhere for a few days. So we said, Josh, if you could go anywhere with mom and dad during your spring break, where do you want to go? Josh looked at us in a heartbeat and didn't even skip a beat. He said, Hawaii. <laughs> I was like, all right, number two. <laughs> now where do you want to go, right? <laughs> he was like, all right, number two. He said, I want to go to the desert. I was like, the desert? And he was like, yeah, I just want to go. I've never been in a desert. I want to go to a desert. So he said, all right, let's see what we can do. So we found some really cheap flights, and we just said, let's go. And we, got, uh, we flew out last Sunday after church. We flew into Phoenix. We drove down to Tucson, and we stayed in Tucson for like three or four days just exploring the desert, going to a national park and going to Tombstone and doing all this kind of cool stuff that's like southern Arizona. If you've never been to southern Arizona, let me, let me describe it to you in vivid color. Brown. That's it. Like everything there is brown. The houses are brown. The roofs are brown. The, the trees are brown. The ground is brown. It's just different shades of beige. I mean, that's, that's Arizona. Everything is brown. But it wasn't like when we first got there, like the first day, we were like, whoa. We were just taken back by just the brownness and the mountains and the dryness and the desert. And we were just like, this is crazy. Like we don't have this in North Carolina. This is, this is wild. And for us, it was new, and it was something different. By like day three or four, we were used to it. Like, it's almost like we only saw the world in shades of brown. And for me, it only took a few days, and I'm being honest here, I had forgotten what North Carolina looked like in the spring. So Thursday afternoon, we fly back, and we land in Charlotte, and we go back, and we get our car, and we start driving, and just in a week, you know how stuff, how rapidly things bloom here. All of a sudden, there's leaves on the trees, and flowers are blooming, and bushes, and all of these things. And it's like, holy cow. Like, like this is creation. Like, this is what life looks like. And I thought about those people who live in southern Arizona, and I don't know how often they travel outside the state or outside the southwest. But what if they never get out anywhere? Their life is always shades of brown, and, and that's how God made it. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. 
But look at what they're missing out on. This beauty of life and blooms and colors and all of these things. That is us. We do that every day with our spirituality. We live in this muted, monotone life of just beige, brown spirituality. And Jesus is saying, today you can have new life. Today you can bloom. Today you can experience the riches of this world and eternity. But we've gotten so used to the desert. We've gotten so used and so comfortable in the grave that the idea of a garden seems a million miles away or a hundred years away. But it's not. Jesus said, today you will be with me in eternity. Today. Not when you die. Not when you're buried. Today. So let me ask you something. How is your today? Did you wake up this morning knowing that, man, I need to choose to live in the now and not in the when? Did did you wake up this morning and said, you know what, today I need to focus on what matters most, not on the background noise of this world? Did you wake up this morning and choose to be free? Or did you wake up this morning still shackled and held down by guilt and shame and fear? We all have choices. God gives us free choice. We can choose. We can choose to follow him or not to follow him. And once we choose to follow him and give him everything, we still have more choices. I know for some of us, decision-making isn't our strong point, but we have to make these choices and I'm giving you the answers to the test. The answer is now. The answer is what matters most. The answer is freedom. That's it. We check those three off. We're making 100 on this test every day of our lives. We don't have to live in the grave anymore. Why? Because the grave is dead. The grave is empty. And today we can be with him in paradise. And maybe for some of you, you're like, you know what? I've been following Christ for 10 years, 20 years, one year. I don't know. That's okay. Make today your new day. Look at your life and say, you know what? Maybe I haven't really used the last 10 the way I should have or the last year the way I should have. No problem. Just put it behind you. Start today. Maybe for others, you've never really taken that step. That for whatever reason, religion and Christianity is just something you've kind of dabbled in or thought about, but you've never been really sure of anything. Guess what? I'm not really sure either. I don't have all the answers, but I know the one who does. Like I'm all in because I know what Jesus does for me and I'm buying into eternity. And I want to live my life every day like eternity starts right now. So why not, right? Why not make that choice to just follow him today? Not when I know more about the Bible, not when I clean my life up, but today. Today is the day that I'm gonna choose to spend eternity with Jesus. Wherever you fall, let today be your day. Let today be the day that changes your life forever. I'm gonna ask the band to come up. We're gonna sing one last song. And let this song just speak to your heart and soul. Let it be like inside of you, like like this is what I want in my life. 
I don't want this cold grave. I don't want this desert of a life. Like, I want a life that is vibrant. I want a life that is alive. I want a life that starts today. Amen? Let's pray. God, we just come before you right now. I just, um, I just pray I haven't made this gospel message and your resurrection too confusing. It is so simple. You came to earth and you died so that we may live. And we live because you live. And we don't have to wait a week and we don't have to wait a month and we don't have to wait a hundred years. We don't have to wait until we're cold and in the ground. We can start today. Right now begins our eternity. Lord, today help us to make these choices. Help us to choose right now over when. Help us to choose and focus on what matters most. And help us to choose freedom over a life of guilt and shame and fear. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.